So lovely to see you, and maybe you are here for the first time this morning. Um, I'm welcoming you while I've been welcomed. So lovely to be back. I did not preach last time when I was here. I decided to actually just spend time with Mike and Bex, get to know them a little bit. Um, so I think the last time we spoke together was actually two years ago. So thank you so much for the invitation from the leadership. Uh, don't take it for granted, and I really appreciate it so much. Thank you to you who, as a family, praise for me and have been amazing at actually really being in a place where I can value, I would say, and I said it in the first service, the relationship that I have with this body. Um, I appreciate the financial support, but I appreciate the relationship and the prayer and the support through that a huge amount more than the pounds in the account, which is a huge help. But I, I just said this morning to the first congregation actually that, you know what, we can get to a place where we can be so tied up with provision, but we miss the love and the relationship that we have with one another. So thank you for that. Before we launch into what we're going to talk about this morning, let me read um, from 1 Peter chapter 2, um, from verse 4, and then I'm going to show you a couple of pictures. So are you okay to have the reading, and then we're going to just look at a couple of pictures and then get into what God wants to say to us. So 1 Peter chapter 2, from verse 4 to verse 9. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Some versions it says the capstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy." Praise be to God. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that your word will come and meet the needs in our heart, so that your praises may be declared in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever had a family gathering, and then in that family gathering, lots of pictures were taken? And then Everybody WhatsApp or Instagram or email these pictures out and we open them up on our screens and guess who we try to find? Well, I'll show you a family picture of my dad's 80th birthday, which was a couple of years ago since I saw you last. We had a family gathering and I don't know whether you're going to find me, 
because my hair is short on that picture, so I'm sort of on your right-hand side. Can you see me there? But you know, when I opened that picture, I was immediately looking, where am I? Uh, It's only me, hey? Or do you do that too? Do you find yourself too? I also belong to another family. That's my human blood family, which I love a lot. But then I also belong to another family. I was recently, the whole week of last week, at our center called Alal Ministries Pierpont, which is literally 10 miles down the road. We, were have, uh, we had a whole gathering of all our leadership from around the world, and we were 95 leaders from 44 countries getting together to listen to some extraordinary stories. And the next picture actually shows you on the wall of Pierpont, there's a big map And I found myself on the right-hand map there, there's um, a picture, and if you look with really good binoculars, you can see me somewhere there on the right-hand side of the screen. I show you this picture also to say this is my family in God who I work with on a daily basis. I'm responsible for our work in partly in South Africa where we do training and healing retreats for people to come to. But we also work, and my responsibility was the development of the work in Rwanda and Kenya. I spent less time there now than in the last 13 years, and this year we had our registration and launch of Alal Ministries in Kenya, and God has really broadened that team. All our teams are local teams, and I really thank God because it's not by human hands, but he's given me really the grace with, together with the team to develop local teams to minister to their local people. I'm based in Pretoria. We have a center in Durban. And then also I'm responsible for developing works, the work specifically in Zambia and Zimbabwe, um, where I've been to for the last four or five years, trusting God for the right leaders, for the right team to get together and to bring healing to the nation. So that's my other family, and I found myself on the wall there on the right-hand side. And then in April this year, I'm just giving you family pictures. I went to Kenya, and after having gone there 13 years, really had tough times, saying, God, I'm gonna give up, I can't do this anymore. Provision is hard. The next picture is a picture of uh, our first sort of longer-term training school in discipleship and inner healing. And also, in some parts, we really have to teach into the areas of um, where there's a need for people to be set free from captivity. So um, we've we've got not just healing of the heart, but also being set free from strongholds where the demonic has actually really gripped people through whichever means that happened. Could it be trauma? Could it be maybe a hereditary thing? Or maybe a witchcraft situation? So... I find myself in, these, myself in these places, but what I want to talk about this morning is to find yourself in the big picture. If you look at that picture, who can see me there? Can I just see? Anybody can spot me? Very difficult to find me, isn't it? Who can see me? Nobody. Only myself. Right spot in the middle, I'm sitting there amongst all these amazing people. We had incredible testimonies of healing. And Jill, I'm so glad that you do it locally. So yes, it needs to happen locally, but also sometimes we are sent out. Now, the next slide is sort of giving you the topic for today, linking in with these pictures. Because really, when we find ourselves on a picture, we often think something in our heart. 
We feel something in our heart. We may look at, I wonder whether I could smile a bit better or whether my eyes could be a bit more open or I don't look as good as. And really for us as a big family, which I'm so glad you're talking about Ephesians and the big family. And I promise, Mike, I won't dip into Ephesians too much. But really, if we want to be missional in Guildford, in your workplace, in the university, you know, we need to really find who I am in this big picture. Do you agree? In this big family of St. Saviour's, you may be walking in here and you may be feeling like the people that Peter was writing to in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1, it actually qualifies who he's talking to. He's talking to Jewish believers who are scattered, who are persecuted, and if they could take a big picture of themselves in these places that they scattered in, they came from exile, and they're actually in places like Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia. I didn't even know these places like that. But they found themselves there, rejected, not speaking the same language, I've lived in this country as a foreigner, and I felt so at home, but it didn't happen in day one. My accent was a lot stronger than now, even though it is still very strong. You can identify me by my accent. But you may be new today, you may be new in town, and you may be feeling like those Jews who came, became believers through Peter's ministry, but yet they felt like foreigners. They felt like they didn't fit in. And maybe you look at your family pictures sometimes and you think, I just feel like I don't really fit in. If I have to be absolutely honest with what is really going on on the inside, I feel a bit like a misfit. Maybe the black sheep, maybe really not feeling like I, I have made it. And for them, they were strangers, they were foreigners. They stood out, we could say, like a sore thumb. Maybe even to the point where they felt maybe forgotten. We prayed about that this morning. Maybe in your heart this morning, you are here every Sunday in this big family. You've been here for years, but there's been changes and you feel that you don't fit in anymore. You don't, wait to, don't know really who you are. And you know, finding ourselves in that big picture, we need to go back and say, but who am I related to? Because in this scripture, Peter is amazing. He actually says to us, we need to look at the cornerstone. The next slide shows us that we may be you know, in this muddle of loads of people, but we need to find who I am in order to know where I fit. Do you agree? If you are born in a family, if you ask a child, you know, maybe we meet some children here in our children's ministry, and you go to little kids and you ask them, who are you? I say, I'm the child of so-and-so. And the Jews used to greet like that. I'm the son of so-and-so. I'm the daughter of so-and-so. And I find that in Africa often, that is still the tradition. If I have a, a, a daughter called Sarah, people will call me Mama Sarah. I'm related to that daughter, and that daughter will be the daughter of Renal. She will not be necessarily called Sarah. She'll be called the daughter of Renal. And that's incredible because 
Peter is here talking, and right at the end, he says, you did not have an identity, you were not a people, but now you are a people, and there's a bridge to be crossed. That little child looked to their mom and dad to know who they are. Do you agree? Every child look up to their dad. Whether he is the worst dad in the world, every child will look up to their dad and say, that's my dad. And they can even argue about their dads. Isaiah 51 actually talks about the rock. It says there, look to the rock from which you were cut. You who are pursuing righteousness, you who are seeking God, you big family of St. Saviors, as you are seeking God, look to the rock. What is the rock like? Peter says, you come to him the living stone, and there's a picture about the living stone that shows us two things about who we are. The living stone is chosen by God and precious. How many of the guys here, all the girls, have played football in your life? Can I just see your hands? You were chosen into a team, and that team were was chosen by the coach based on your skills and your gifts. Do you agree? So when we are chosen on this earth, it is often based on what we can do. But here we see, luckily, um, praise God for that, that the stone is precious as well as chosen, which means you also, he says in verse 4, and then into five, like living stones are being built into a spiritual house. You become included when you believe in the cornerstone. Now that cornerstone is incredibly important because it is a tested stone. It says in Isaiah 28, it refers back to that scripture. The cornerstone is a stone that's placed right ancient building, not now, <laughs> right in the corner of the building to hold up the building and it cannot change. It will not change shape ever, which means if you and I change shape, it does not change. It's completely reliable, tested, and secure. In this world we are living in, it's no longer secure. And I'm not talking about physical security. It's no longer spiritually secure. In this nation, we used to have the whole constitution and everything built on the word of God. It's rapidly changing faster than what you and I can count to 10. And therefore, so much more important that if we're a spiritual house, we understand which brick we are. And that Jesus says, come to the living stone. That is him. Ephesians 2.20 clearly says, he is the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. You will have a sermon on that, I believe. Secure so that we can understand who we really are. It's a slide that says, who are we as a family, as a picture? You see, we are the spiritual house. Why are we spiritual? We are spiritual house, or as it says in another version, a spiritual temple the reason is because we have the Holy Spirit. Say amen. I know it's not very British, but we can say amen. 
I heard Frank Shy this morning, one of your mission partners from a while ago, say to the congregation, if you want to respond, say amen. You can say it soft or loud. But you see here, he's inviting us to the chief cornerstone. Ephesians 2.20, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of the big family. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You are chosen by him. If you respond to that, come to him, the living stone, you become alive in God because he pours out his spirit. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, he pours out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. If you are feeling this morning you don't fit in, he's inviting you. 1 Corinthians 6 says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You are first a spiritual being before you are a physical being. And therefore, it's so important that we don't start to look at, if I find, need to find myself and who I am, that we're not connecting to what I do or what gifts or what skills I have in this family, but that I first belong his special possession. Costly, valuable, bought by the precious blood of Jesus. If you come this morning to him who is the truth, the way and the life to the Father, he will gladly accept you. You don't have to be a cornerstone chopped in, in the right shape. You can literally come in your messy shape that you're in. And he says, if you come to me, you will become a living stone. Together, we are a temple. 1 Corinthians 3. Don't you know that you yourselves, big family, are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? And people say, how do you do what you do, Renal? You see, I had to understand the truth of Jesus and what he says about me. There's a wonderful story told at our leadership meeting last week of one of our leaders from Scotland. His wife uh, took their little girl to school, to play group, and she lost cuddles. And cuddles is her special possession. Cuddles is a blankie that she sleeps with every day and every night. And she doesn't let go of cuddles. She lost cuddles and they went back to the school and teachers said, oh my goodness, I think cuddles could have ended up in the bin. Well, her mother, who's quite a character who I know, jumped into this big wheelie bin and started throwing out the mess, totally desperate to find cuddles. That special possession of her special daughter. You see, what have you lost? What have you lost by not being valued by those who grew you up? Have you received that message that you're a mistake, that you should have been a girl and not a boy, or a boy and not a girl? Are you feeling a foreigner, even in the family of God, because you have never been valued? 
God's special possession, a living stone. Come to the living water, the living bread, the living way, Jesus himself. The Holy Spirit will welcome you in. But you see, we cannot just know who we are. Like cuddles, that special possession. God says when he looks at you, he actually says, I want to find you and return what you have lost. Before, I want to know where you sign up for ministry in this big family. Amen? You need to, and and I need to know that, that I'm first a son or a daughter of God before I am his servant. And I had to learn that lesson deeply last year when I had to take a sabbatical. I was too tired to continue to be that servant, that going for God, missionary that God called me to be and which I love, that calling. But you see, that became more important than being him. The second thing he also talks to us is not we're not just chosen and precious, but we actually, and we're not just a spiritual house, but we are a royal priesthood meaning that we belong to the king, making us princes and princesses. I loved watching every minute of the royal wedding. I had a whole party at my house. Wow, it was incredible seeing the princes and the princesses. Delegated authority given by the king to live as princes and princesses. But we're a priesthood also. So we are princes and princesses, but we are priests What is a priest? What's the role of a priest in the Old Testament? In the Old Testament, they were the ones who stood between the people and God, between life and death. Number 16 says Aaron had to stand as the priest between the living and the dead. And I have the privilege to, there's a number of things I'm involved in, but one of the things that's really passionate in my heart is to see the restoration of our nations in Africa and all over the world by God coming to restore what is lost. And because of our history, we have huge divides between ethnic groups still there, active. And the Lord, in a number of occasions, has asked me to stand as a priest in the gap and say sorry on behalf of what white people have done to our precious brothers and sisters. And in that place of ethnic conflict, I have seen the most amazing restoration. A man called Isaac um, Slopey is a bishop and I work very closely with him. In um, slide number 16, we had a gathering of rural church pastors where we do five days of training every year with them. And actually after I said, I'm so sorry for what has been done. And you know, that was not sort of very easy to do. (laughs) To be a priest in a priestly role you actually need to humble yourself because you need to say sorry. And that doesn't only mean white to black or Indian to to black or whichever colors we are, but actually husbands and wives, children and parents, parents to children need to become priests in our home and actually say, I humble myself and I'm so sorry for what I did to you that I provoked you as my child and I have not embraced you. And as I stood in that place, which was not easy, I argued with God quite a bit. I said, God, I've been so many times that I had to say sorry. I'm carrying all this guilt as a white person, even though I haven't been directly involved. 
The Lord said, as long as you can breathe through now, I want you to say sorry. And Isaac Lopi gave a testimony. I can now not only forgive and tolerate white people, but embrace and trust them. I challenge all of us to take forgiveness a step further and to embrace, it should say, one another. So that we can actually see that restoration of the big family happening in our family, our community, and then into a wider world. Because when we understand who we are as precious, chosen, special possession of God, a holy nation, we joke differently, we speak differently, we look differently in our workplaces. We have to look different. If we start to compromise on the plumb line, who is Jesus Christ, we are in trouble. I want to show you a couple of pictures really flicking quickly through 19, number 19 all the way to, to um, 24. Just where we've started to use creativity as a means in Zimbabwe where people are incredibly hopeless, fearful, have no hope for the future. We made paint available and a wall and we said paint what God is speaking to. See that restoration of the living stone making us alive in God most incredible testimonies. The next one where we actually looked at our own identity. This man is a machinist. He stood for 15 minutes in front of the wall and said, I've never painted and I need to get it perfect. You see, all his life, the shape of his stone that was bought into him by his parents is you need to be perfect. You need to participate. You need to do this, that and other and it needs to be in order. And here he could just go out of control and paint. For 15 minutes he stood and I prayed for him and I said, why don't you just take the paint and see what happens? After two hours he was still there, weeping, crying, saying, I've never painted. I was stuck, but now I know who I truly am. We have seen the power of creativity helping people to connect to God and to hear his voice. When last did you make a mess? When last did you just have fun? Didn't do something holy? It's okay. That's also kingdom. Next slide just shows little identity. We gave each person a little doll just when we do trauma healing also in Rwanda. And go and ask God what he's saying about you. Find yourself in the big picture in how he speaks to you. Next slide. Prisoners. We go to prisoners. We have weekly discipleship and healing services in, in two prisons in Pretoria, another prison in Johannesburg. And in that place, we have seen people coming with a testimony. One man said, I feel more free than I've ever been feeling before. Sitting in prison, I feel free. God is amazing. But you and I may need to ask some questions because we are not just discovering who we are to become free, but to be missional. And it says, you are a royal priesthood. You are to declare the praises of God. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. I know it's so hard and hostile out there, but I really want to encourage you to not let go of the plumb line, Jesus Christ. Plumb line is that thing you hold up to see if the building is built straight. The world will press you to compromise on his word. Let me end with a couple of questions for you to think about. Slide number 26, I've got some questions for us that we can think about. The first question 
is really looking at that area of knowing that I'm chosen. Have you ever made that choice? It's actually, I think, the, the last slide, the very last slide. Thank you so much. Have you ever made that choice to come to the living stone so that you can receive life, so that you are forgiven? You can just click it through. Thank you so much. The last slide. That you are forgiven. That you, he paid for you to belong. That you can be rescued from the darkness and come into the light. Maybe allow God to find you in the place of darkness. Maybe you are born again, but there's a place of captivity in your life. Like cuddles, that he find you in the midst of your mess. Come to him. Trust him. He encourages. Peter encourages in 1 Peter 2. Trust the cornerstone. Those who trust there is a promise you will never be put to shame. We get many, many people coming to our centers for personal healing who are caught up in pornography, born again, spiritual Christians. Never, ever spoken to anybody. Never confessed it. You see, and as we confess and trust God, He comes and forgives us and empowers us to break free. You are precious. Is there anyone, past or present, whom you need to forgive, maybe? Those who did not value or unconditionally accept you for who you are. Maybe today is that day you need to go back home or even in this moment and say, God, I forgive them. I forgive whoever it is that rejected me or didn't accept me unconditionally. You are a royal priesthood and maybe you need to go back home to your family today, to your friends and say, I just want to say, I'm so sorry. Maybe God gives you an opportunity across culture to not just let people be feeling tolerated, but actually to be embraced and invite them for a meal. Show that visible life, that visible love of God. I know there's so much going on in this family, but I again encourage you, chosen ones, precious ones, Christ's special possession, his own cuddles, whom he desperately want to find. Find yourself in the big picture by letting him find you. Go and declare his praises. He's so proud of you. He so loves you. So desperately want to help you through his spirit to be a life-giving spiritual house. May the Lord really give you his grace and his love to know how precious you are. Let's have a moment of silence and maybe one of those questions prompted your heart to respond to him. Lord, thank you that you found us first. Thank you that we can come in whichever shape we are today, covered in the stains of sin, you invite us to come. Lord, we are so sorry where we have not leaned and trusted 
in you, the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. Father, forgive us. Cleanse our sin, Lord, and receive us back as part of this spiritual house, living stones built on the cornerstone. Lord, for anyone here this morning that need to receive you as the living stone of their life, the redeemer, the rescuer, I pray this morning that we will open our hearts wide for your love to enter our hearts, to be rescued and found by you, Jesus, to be washed and cleaned from the bin of the mess, and to belong and to become a special possession. Lord, thank you that we can pray this morning that you will not only see us, thank you that we know you don't see us only as stones, living stones, but that we are a house to declare your praise, a precious people. I pray for for this precious family, Lord. And I pray, Father, today that as we forgive those who have rejected us or maybe treated us as foreigners, Lord, we want to forgive them. Foreigners in the spiritual, those who ridiculed us, Lord, those who put us down. Lord, those who have called us a mistake and that we can release life through forgiveness to them today. Lord, I pray that we will have courage as the royal priesthood to go out as living stones into the streets of Guildford, into the highways and the byways, the corporate world, the business world, the schools, the hospitals. Lord, but start with my family. Help me to find myself in the big picture. And that as I have found you and looked at you as the stone where I'm cut from, that I can become a living stone, a spiritual temple in whom you dwell by your spirit. Father, I pray those who don't know your Holy Spirit, that they will be filled in this day with your Holy Spirit to declare your goodness and your truth in a hostile, foreign world. Lord, you said that we are foreigners and that we are in this world and not from this world, but thank you that you call us chosen, precious, and a special possession, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. In Jesus' name, amen.